This is Sunday Recap. Sunday Recap. A weekly sermon podcast. With Dave, with Dave, Ken, Fred, and Joey. Good show. Hey, Well, welcome to Sunday Recap. Thank you, children. Joseph, in that video, you need a haircut bad, and we have taken care of it twice since that video was made, so I'm the one who needs a haircut now, and I don't know what we're going to do about that. But welcome back to Sunday Recap, weekly sermon uh, podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. Our sermon this past Sunday was still live-streamed. We did our best to make it feel more personal for Dave this week. We turned up the speakers... And we uh, yelled at him from our <laughs> seats in the in the auditorium. You can actually hear it so a couple good. times in uh, in the uh, recording. You could hear a few people talking and laughing, but it is mm. still weird. It is still different, but we're still we're still doing it. We're still doing it. We're in our True Unity series uh, where we're looking at the first four chapters of First Corinthians. Podcast where we talk we're about actually. All the way into the third chapter this week. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We looked at verse 1 through verse 23, talking about maturity uh, and leadership. So maturity produces leadership was the title of the sermon this week. Any big ideas on your title and choice of making it leadership? I always ask this, and the answer is almost always Mm -hmm. the text. But there's no... The text. Yeah, so... It's funny, I regretted it a little bit this week. And so I'm still kind of wrestling with it. I had less... We we spent more time this week working on kind of what's next plans for the church. And so I spent... I had less time than normal preparing. Um, So yeah, wrestled with it a little bit. I think, yeah, definitely it was in the text. And... You know, I was just trying to move towards the direction of we're all called to be leaders, and that's central to his argument that their misunderstanding of leadership is causing them to be bad followers and bad leaders. And so he had to kind of redefine what leadership is for them. And what are some reasons you regret it, and what would have you, what would you have went with instead? My my gut feeling is this yeah. cultural moment, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's it's a mm-hmm. hot topic and a sensitive topic talking about leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think. Let me think. I think I should have defined the connectors better. That's all. I think that's my biggest regret. Yeah. So when I, I went back and re-listened to it, and I, you know, I made the, I made the, I connected the dots, but I didn't kind of keep driving it home the whole time. So, um, mm-hmm. clarifying that we're all leaders, even if we're not official leaders. <laughs> And that Paul uses himself as an official leader, as an example of what all Christians are to be. And that's kind of a complicated, it's easy for Christians to go, oh, I'm not a pastor, or oh, I'm not a commander, or oh, I'm not a CEO, so this is not for me. And so I think I could have done a better job showing that connection. Um, I gave gave people too much of an easy excuse to not listen. (laughs) I thought of that, yeah, I thought of that Mm because we've had those conversations in uh yeah, I think people in leadership can can fall into the the trap of everybody wants to be a leader, 
right? And mm-hmm. we we know mm-hmm. there's plenty of people who are like, no, I'm happy for you to leave. <laughs> go, yeah, go, yeah. go to town. And, and yeah, that, yeah. That, that was a good thing of like, we should all aspire to be leaders in some way mm-hmm. as, as believers. So. Mm-hmm. so I think I think for me, like um, I, I heard you say uh, in the sermon though that uh, that we all are spiritual leaders. But I, I see I hear what you're saying. Yeah. For me, yeah. like with the Great Commission, uh, you know, in, in Matthew and Acts, I believe like Jesus Himself like commands all of us to be leaders because we have to go mm-hmm. out and teach people and and um, disciple them and do all these things, mm-hmm. influence them. So mm-hmm. it's inherent in our Christian Christianity that we we are leaders regardless of position. Um, mm-hmm. The very defini- definition of leadership, you know, Jesus pretty much said, "That's what you're going to do." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Is it comes down to the definition of leadership? Maybe we have a wrong definition of mm-hmm. thinking. Oh, that's the only the people on a stage or um, yeah. leading a corporation mm-hmm. or something, right? So, what what's the correct definition of leadership then? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Well, and this is where I was trying to go. Which again, <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't do well. I had two sentences that connected the dots, but. Just, just growing up. That's it. <laughs> just taking responsibility for yourself, and you know, and that by virtue of you taking responsibility for yourself, you're, you're, you end up influencing the person next to you. Absolutely. So, yeah. that's. I think that's the bottom line of leadership is is influence, and it can be formal or informal. As Christians, we're always called to informal leadership constantly, all the time. We're all responsible for it. Um, so I didn't I didn't press that hard enough. Yeah, I agree. Cool. I love the influence part, like motivating them to be everything that God wants them to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think from a Christian perspective, so yeah, yeah influence is, is huge. How to, and I think how the to danger win of friends my and title, influence people. Yeah, win friends. Mm-hmm. I think the danger of my title by itself could sound like leaders are mature when that's when really it was like following this train of thought that he's going down people that pridefully grasp at leadership are immature babies and people that humbly serve are leaders and you know that doesn't <laughs> all come that doesn't all come through in the title maturity produces leadership so yeah i wish i had i wish i had uh, worded it a little bit differently but mm. it's technically correct but could give the wrong connotation to people Hmm. What what kind of title do you think you would have went for if you could change it? Then, ooh, uh, let's workshop man, a title know. right now. Yeah, I'm moving <laughs> on to the next one, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, preg- I'm oh, pregnant like, with the next <laughs> delivery. So, on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. I was actually thinking <laughs> thinking about something similar to that earlier when you know you mm-hmm. sent your notes this week and you were like, "Here's a rough sixty percent note, whatever." I was thinking, mm-hmm. man, I wonder if after he finishes his sermon, he goes back and updates his notes. Like, that's what mm-hmm. a mature leader would mm-hmm. do, would be to exactly. update their, do- their <laughs> notes and to <laughs> to save them for future reference and, like, re- mm-hmm. redo it. And mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing as Elliot was talking about, about the title. Like, what would you change this title to mm-hmm. if you could? I think that's interesting. Uh, we don't have to dwell on it, though. Mm-hmm. But I was just joking <laughs> about mature leaders do that. Mm. But, hmm. And Dave is definitely a mature leader. He has influenced me to do that. Um, he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he has told me directly, update your stuff when you finish. Mm-hmm. Go back mm-hmm. and look at it. So thank you, you'll sir. Re- you'll regret it later. So yeah. <laughs> the benefit I have is is having the audio recording, and that's I'm usually I'm usually pretty satisfied with the audio. Um, so like if I go and I'll reteach something, I'll go back and re-listen to the audio rather than look at my notes because i, I kind of learn 
with my ears. So, hmm. but uh, man, for this week, I think I would have connected the dot m- more with humility or, you know, I don't know. Hmm. Maturity don't know. produces humble leaders. Mm. Yeah, that's that's wordy. Growing up and not oh, being oh, a baby oh, oh, uh, servant, means just you, servant leaders. Yeah, servant leadership. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, the yeah, the, I don't know. The big idea is that babies aren't really ready for real fruit, real food yet. Fruit. Where am I? <laughs> real fruit either. Don't do that. Real food yet. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And as we mature, we become ready for real food. And you're talking about spiritual. Um, and I guess your first point was about the servant leader side of it, right? Which is mm-hmm. what you're saying you wish your main point would have been. Um, yeah. I don't know. You want to talk about points? You had what is a leader as your first point. You had uh, why should leaders lead as your second point. And then how do leaders go wrong? That's your third point. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about points? Mm-hmm. Get into it. We're going to be so yeah, on yeah, topic yeah. and straight today without lots of other people. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. So, yeah, I think the setup is you people that think you're a leader are stupid babies. <laughs> he, he, he's pretty brutal. I mean, he's really brutal. I think that's part of the problem is I pulled the punches. Like, Paul was being really brutal, and I wasn't able to like sort that out how to like stick with Paul's original brutality and do it sensitively. Uh, so he just hammers people, your babies, you're, you're nursing babies and you're claiming to be wise, you know? Mm. Um, and so then all the lessons follow from there. That's, that's weird to me a little bit though, because mm-hmm. a leader also knows their leader too though. Right? So mm-hmm. what's the line between a baby who thinks they're a leader and they're not, and a leader who mm-hmm. knows they're a leader and acts accordingly. Mm, Every celebrity well, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what I think. So I think that's what the points are about. So the points are a leader, a real leader is someone who see them, sees himself as a servant. If you don't see yourself as a servant, Jesus says you're not a real leader. Number two, uh, or you're a destructive leader. Number two, it's mm-hmm. are you motivated by God's grace or are you motivated, you know, to build your own following or build your own identity and the number three point on uh what was the number three point what is it i don't have my notes in front of me uh how do leaders go wrong wrong. pride oh yeah Yeah, pride yeah yeah, it's all wrapped up it's all wrapped up together so um so yeah i think he's he's defining it for them so they're taking leadership and he's like hey you think you're a leader but you're not you know Mm -hmm. like basically he's putting them in their place Mm -hmm. i thought it what do you think i mean i'm I always f- found this passage fascinating because I always wondered, mm-hmm. like, what f- when Paul says an infant, what foundational, uh, I guess, like text or principles that he consider essential, like how we say we have the essentials of the faith and then we grow from there. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. wondered, like, what did he consider uh, like essentials? And then from there you grow. Um you know, I know they have preformed traditions mm-hmm. and things like that that was passed down, but I always wondered that. You know, what was it to him? Like, what, what was the Christ basics? And him crucified, right? That would be, I think, right. the most basic. Yeah, I, sure. I, think, I guess I think that was the First Corinthians thing. two two. Yeah, I think that's the deal, and that's why it's so confusing for us because we think meat means complicated, advanced doctrine. For Paul, right, meat, right. meat is humility in the cross, and gotcha, so we gotcha. we flip that around all the time. You know, we're always like. 
We're always flipping that around. Even Hebrews, the way Hebrews talks about it, like, you guys should be teachers, but, you know, you're mm. still on milk. So in Hebrews, the guy, whoever that is, Paul's buddy or whoever, is saying the same kind of thing there. Oh, um, yeah, Hebrews 5. And we just assume immediately, oh, he means advanced, complicated. You should be teaching Greek class, but you're just preaching the gospel. <laughs> Actually, I think the meat, the advanced meat is is knowing and living the humility of the cross, the cruciformed life, kind mm-hmm. of like completely imbibing it and passing it on and serving it. So that that was where I was trying to get back. So the, the arc of the whole sermon was there's like eating milk, eating meat, and then serving meat, you know, or we'll say solid food for Elliot's, uh, <laughs> for Elliot's benefit. So milk, solid food, and then serving solid food. That's really what leadership is, right? Is serving. And the Jesus example is yourself. <laughs> like he's, he's giving himself. I think we miss that analogy too, if we don't think mm-hmm. about food properly, right? Like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Food is for nutritional value, right? You're supposed right, to, right. <laughs> to eat the right amount and expend the right amount. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, that's why milk works for a baby because it's the right amount for a baby and has the right nutrients mm-hmm. for a baby, right? But mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. not enough to sustain us and to provide nutrition. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Also, the like, we don't want to get huge and fat and. So we exercise that and give out the nutrition that we've been given and those type of things. I don't know. I, just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, we miss that analogy. analogy sometimes by just thinking, oh, it's good food, it's better, it's more complicated, etc. Yeah. I also think wow. there's an analogy of like of um, self-feeding that's a part of this. A baby is fed, mm. an adult feeds themselves. Mm. Um, that was always a big part of the discipleship path for me yes, growing yeah. up uh the guys at temple bible church always emphasize that a lot and i think it it's a tough analogy because it's it almost sounds anti-grace you know but um but i think what it means is an active relationship of jesus like you 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 know the lord is your shepherd so you run to the good shepherd in your time of need right so using like chris used the song rest this week from psalm 23 like that's that's a grown-up that says you are my green pastures you sustain me lord and that's that's self-feeding so a grown-up can feed themselves on jesus by running to jesus in their need a baby panics and has to be fed you know and so i think maybe that's a way to combine gospel and self-feeding not not to, to completely beat the uh, metaphor. <laughs> this is this is just random thoughts from Chris's head and not scripture. But it did make me think of the like, what does a baby do also with food? It like splatters it around and throws it back up and like yeah. it, there's this not this like there's not this mm-hmm. like processing and waiting. I, I, I just keep thinking about mm-hmm. for me too. Like I'm doing a podcast right now, and there's this constant thing in my head of wait and then speak listen mm. pray and then speak it's almost mm-hmm. like yeah you're cooking a steak take your time i, I watch mm-hmm. these older saints who are like i'm gonna prepare this meal for you i'm not just mm. gonna be throwing around whatever crazy idea on instagram i i you know that we that's mm-hmm. a real deal right like there's just mm-hmm. people who are like taking milk and splattering it around everywhere and then you mm-hmm. watch these seasoned saints that are like this is gonna take seven hours for this brisket 
and then mm. I'm just going to give you a bite, and that's going to be enough. <laughs> You're going to go crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, anyway, I, again, yeah. I know that's just totally running with the metaphor, but, so but it, is yeah. a, it is a thing, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Patience. All right. Well, we are not allowed to talk about food too long, even if it's in the sermon. <laughs> it's against all the rules of our yes. uh, quarantine habits of our time where we meet together and talk. We all talk yes. about food too much. Yes. Speaking of food, though, that one time we got barbecue at Sunday uh, hangout in the lobby. I'm just saying that was marvelous. So good. That was good food. Well, I, I have a question from this section about um, God being the one who gives spiritual growth. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. you know, we, we emphasize that a lot and you emphasize it in your mm-hmm. sermon. It's not us. Mm-hmm. It's God. It's his grace. It's etc. Sorry. But um, uh what is our work? What is our part in that? Hmm. That's my question. Yeah. So I mixed metaphors a little bit. Paul Paul uses plant and water, and then I, uh, by way of application, I used the CPR thing just because it's memorable, and I think it breaks it into clear kind of way for us to understand, uh, cultivate relationships, plant seeds of truth, and reap faith. Uh, and so, yeah, I think those are probably the two best ways to think about it. Paul, when he saw, talks about planting and watering, he's basically saying preaching the gospel and then preaching the gospel again, <laughs> you know, preaching the gospel to unbelievers who believe and then preaching the gospel to believers who need to grow in it. And um, so he's setting up the tension between him and Apollos. Apollos was a much better speaker or was known for being a much better speaker anyway. And Paul was kind of the pioneer that, that planted the church. Uh, but interestingly enough, there's a reversal when you follow the book of Acts, too. There's an interesting thing where Paul comes in and waters, I think it's Ephesus, one of the churches that Apollos had started, then Paul comes and waters it, you know, after mm. Apollos had planted it. So it's interesting. Their their roles were flip-flopped in a couple of these major cities. Um, but they were they were clearly allies. They were on the same team. And so Paul is, I believe, using them as, as an example Um but it's the gospel. You sow the gospel into people's lives by teaching it, by encouraging them, by acts of mercy. You know, he's going to go on in First Corinthians 12 to talk in a lot more detail than my, my CPR thing of, you know, friendships, truth, and then people have faith. You know, that's, that's pretty simplistic. But he talks about acts of mercy in First Corinthians 12. He talks about, you know, leadership gifts and organization and how we serve each other with all these different gifts. So, um, so we do all of those things expecting God to actually be the one that transforms people. That's good. I, um, I did, I guess I, I had a question today. Um, mm-hmm. When it talks about building on the foundation with, you know, gold, mm-hmm. silver and all these things. And then mm-hmm. I think the next one starts talking about, you know, it can be burned with fire once it's revealed mm-hmm. on, 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 um, on the last day or day of judgment. Like, do you have any examples of what, like, I guess the, in a practical sense, what would gold and silver precious stones be for us, um, mm. you know, as mm-hmm. you know, servant leaders? What would that what would that look like? I know we're building on the foundation of Christ, but mm-hmm. then what what kind of what, what would you what would you yeah. think it would look like? Well, I think I think it's best to try to stick with the text and then move into the big principles. So the text emphasized the the like worldly wisdom and. Uh, or oratorical skills you know so you can Mm -hmm. you can build a following with great communication 
And Paul mm-hmm. uses this language in other places, how false teachers want followers. They don't want spiritual transformation. Mm-hmm. So, so that's always a tension. We can say, if we do these five things, we could fill a room or, or build mm-hmm. a crowd. But, but are we actually planting seeds of gospel and watering with the gospel? You know, are we actually mm-hmm. ministering with the crucified Lord, the message of the cross? So, um, so I think um, to go to the you know, oratory and fancy speaking, you could build a crowd. Everybody thinks you're great. Everybody loves you. Everybody's following you. And it could be like, he's a Christian, so we're Christians, and we're following him because he's a great speaker, but nobody's mm. really a Christian. You know, like nobody's actually <laughs> given their life to Jesus and being spiritually transformed. And I think, I think we see that in America all the time, and the history of revivalism has included <laughs> both extremes. And so, you know, one danger that we can go to is saying, therefore, we should speak badly, <laughs> mm. and that way it'll just be the gospel, you know, and... and and I've tried to point this out. Paul does not speak badly. He's just not relying on those skills. And he's saying, don't get swept up by worldly skills of speaking as the answer. Um, mm. But then I think you could take any gift, you know, because he talks a lot about the gifts in First Corinthians 12 or displays of miraculous power. He talks about that with tongues and stuff in First Corinthians 14. Um, mm. He's saying none of these things are enough. It's, it's got to be the gospel. The gospel is the point. Um, so I don't know if that helps. You could build a big following. Yeah, you could have a big church with, you know, millions of people, thousands of people, hundreds of people. But are people actually being changed by Jesus? And I think that's what we have to assess. Mm. I like that. You also talked in this section about our identity and finding it. Um, and you talked about uh, identity not being found in earthly leaders that we follow. Do you think mm-hmm. that's... that's uh, that's tied just to the church or outside extra church outside Mm. of church type leaders that we follow i mean i know in this Mm. text he's saying like i follow paulos i follow paul and so that's definitely Mm -hmm. church leaders trying to find our identity as christ followers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but do we do we do that too with outside of the church leaders i I don't know just wondering what you think on that yeah yeah i mean i think we we find it in everything and you know, politics is a big place yes. where we do that. Uh, just any anything that becomes your identity. I think for men, it's it's really a struggle with our um, our job, and but it can also be family, right? So for me, coming from a broken home, I, it was really important to me that I have a a whole and healthy family, and so as my kids graduated, that was very emotionally shocking and confusing to be like, Oh, my job's over. You know, like (laughs) this, this 24 year journey I've been on is now done. Uh, obviously I still talk to my kids and still have a relationship with them, but it's totally different. It's it's a totally different kind of relationship. So, um, so yeah, there's just a danger of us finding our identity in what we do. Um, which I think is kind of the same thing as in our club or our tribe or the leader that we follow, you know, what do y'all think? What are ways that we do that in other parts of life? Well, um, I, I, I could just talk about like my own life. Um, mm-hmm. When I retired, I struggled because my mm-hmm. identity was uh, not, you know, unbeknownst to me. I really thought it wasn't, but I felt I started mm-hmm. to realize that my identity was being a soldier. And I had went to the army mm-hmm. at 19. 
So that was mm-hmm. my entire my entire adult life up to that point was all army, um, mm-hmm. and that's the, the army. You know, took me out of the hood. It, you know, I, I got rank and you know being a warrant officer and all those type of things. So yeah, it was hard um, for that first year from going mm-hmm. um, from chief to just Elliot. <laughs> that was tough. So um, I had to really um, be with God about that and and realize that my identity wasn't. That was just pathway it really wasn't who i who mm-hmm. i am um so that, it was tough mm-hmm. for me so it's, it, i can mm-hmm. i can imagine for other people it could be a, um, a stumbling block as well if you're not if you're not cognizant of it mm-hmm. by way of application how do people identify where they're putting their identity or we would mm-hmm. say making idols right how do well by way mm-hmm. of application how do people identify that <laughs> and work on changing that because this this mm. is the tension I'm feeling in this in this point is we're saying God's the one who does all the work God's the one who gives spiritual growth and I, I think mm-hmm. part of that work is helping you identify it and once you've realized it working through that but mm-hmm. I'm just wondering by way of application mm-hmm. what does it look like for somebody who's like man how do I check mm. myself mm-hmm. I mean I think one of the best diagnostics is anxiety um, anger. So maybe you could say like the emotional diagnostic of violating the fruit of the spirit. Mm. You know, where does my identity tug away from the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness. So, you know, so that, that might be kind of an emotional slash uh, ministry or how I relate to people diagnostic my you know my own personal piece and there's the, t- the Ten Commandments you know like is there a commandment I'm really tempted towards and does that have anything to do with how I see myself right like um, I'll lie for ministry or I'll lie for my family or you know or I'll kill for my family or you know, I mean uh, there are extreme ones but uh, I think that's that's a helpful grid do I find myself routinely violating the Ten Commandments or violating the fruit of the Spirit? And if so, what are my trigger points? You know, is it have anything to do with my identity, my work, how I see myself? I think one thing, actually, it's funny, that was just, I was struck by on Sunday too, is mm-hmm. kind of this idea of what practical thing do you think you need to get to and you don't have time for Bible or prayer, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think... Mm-hmm. I, d- I feel that every morning, right? I need to get to my to-do list or I need to make sure ah, this thing's done. Okay. So what practice, like, so for us on Sundays mm-hmm. or every every worship team rehearsal where we're getting ready, there's this thing of, well, all these things are broken and all these songs need to be practiced. We don't have time to pray, right? And and, mm-hmm. and most of the time we still pray, don't worry, you know, but I, <laughs> but I feel I'm aware of that tension of like, mm-hmm. I've got to get done with these practical things. I don't have time to get to, you know, pray and slow down. And so I feel like that for, for everybody, probably at some point in your day, you're feeling that like, I can't slow down and trust God because I have to do blah, mm. you know? And so yeah. I, that's at least a start and that's a pattern. And maybe that's not like you find your, your, your perfect category of idol, but you do start to notice your tendencies mm. of self-sufficiency maybe. That's yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, man, I, to add to that, uh, Chris, one one thing I've tried to do, I have probably failed miserably, but one thing, one thing I've tried to do is uh, this idea of practicing the presence of God, like in everything that you do. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever work, whatever thing with your family, 
just allowing that to be a form of worship. I definitely do not. I definitely don't do it to, to well. And, um, I guess mm-hmm. when I think about it, but it is something that I attempt to do, um, and I found helpful. And um, and to Dave's point about I guess like how to identify idols. One thing I've always admired about Tish is that um, I always said that typically you know what you really care about when you introduce yourself or when you uh, when you meet someone. Mm-hmm. What do you tell them? Who do you tell them? What do you tell them you do, or who do you tell them mm-hmm. that you are? Right. So mm-hmm. with Tish, someone can just continue to ask her what she does, and she she won't mention the army. She won't mention she's a doctor. She won't mention anything. Mm-hmm. She just said, "Oh, I just work with behavioral health," and that's it. So <laughs> and so for her, so I know that. That is not. She doesn't put her identity in any of those things. Um, so I always found that um, humbling, learning that from her. Um, so, I, so that's that'll be a practical thing for me. Who do you say you are, and and what do you say you do when you first meet someone? Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm. All right. Point two was why should we lead, and maybe we can translate that as to. Uh, how can we translate that into the new um, the new paradigm of man I can't find the right notes but you were talking about you know I wish instead of mm-hmm. talking about being a leader mm-hmm. you talked more about being everyone being spiritually mature makes us mm-hmm. forces us to be a leader so how can we translate mm-hmm. point number two mm-hmm. into that new idea yeah why should I care about being spiritually mature why should I? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Anybody? This part, this part's tricky because there, it's it's uh, there's the danger of us falling into nothing matters but preaching the gospel. So, like teachers, you're wasting your time. Builders, <laughs> building houses, you're wasting your time. All we should be doing is preach the gospel. You know. So that's this point was a little tricky, and I struggled with with that trying to clarify he he is talking about the church he's not saying that it's wrong to obey you know genesis where is it 127 28 in there Mm. you know basically what we we think of as the cultural Cultural commission that you know have dominion be human spread paradise build culture we're still supposed to do that like we're still under those orders those orders have not been rescinded um but here he is talking about the life of the church and so that's where it got a little tricky He's basically saying if you're if you are as a member of the church violating the way the church is supposed to be built, you're destroying it and you will be destroyed. <laughs> you know, it's like pretty pretty hard warning, but it confuses us because like I said, we can think he's saying don't spend any time in any area of your life doing anything but preaching the gospel when I think he's saying no, the gospel is is what builds the church. What do y'all think? <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking familiar. so much. I'm not going to talk for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> all right. See you all next week. Um, so, so in this point, you talked about the foundation of you know, ministry, foundation of the church, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the motivation for that is God's grace. So I guess maybe to translate it for me, I'm just trying to make it fit in the new scheme in my brain, and it's not working great, but maybe – you know, why should we care about spiritual maturity or why should we be a part of Mm -hmm. the body or something? I don't know. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, um, rewards. I mean, the the New Testament talks about rewards 
a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we talk about it. Um, at least I haven't heard a lot of people talk about the heavenly rewards that you get. Um, and it's not all selfishness. It's just the reality that Christ has said, you know, if, as you serve him and you serve others, there will be rewards in heaven. So mm-hmm. I know um, me and Tiss kind of tease each other a lot. Like if um, she does something and I'm forgiving her, I just tell her, hey, I'm storing up rewards, you know. <laughs> or if I do something to ignore her, she says the same thing um, because we're practicing, you know, our Christian our Christian life. Um, and all these things, everything that you do, like no matter what role that you have, whether it be husband, father, teacher, you know, construction construction worker. I just believe all those are different contexts that God placed you in to exercise your faith. So you don't have to re- you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to do all of that. But you, within the context that you're being blessed with, you impact people. Um, and I think that to me that's the most important thing. Um, but my motivation, I want hey, I want I want my rewards, man. I don't want to, I want mine to be. I don't want to just just barely get in there. We'll say escape by fire. I don't want to just be snatched like. <laughs> I want to be fully mm-hmm. welcome, like good and faithful, you know, servant mm-hmm. or do lot slave. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, that's my yeah. motivation. I want to hear that 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 commendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Sorry, what do you think, Chris? <laughs> no, go, Dave. <laughs> you had a thought. I think that's a difficult doctrine. So I could have spent an entire sermon. I could build an entire <laughs> systematic theology on. Mm-hmm. The doctrine of rewards in the New Testament. How do we understand it? Because, frankly, nobody understands it. So that's why I was no, like, no, exactly. do, I want, you know, do I want to go off on something that confuses everybody? Or do I want to, you know, narrowly focus on, okay, here's the main idea. I can't really explain it. I don't really have a lot of details. And so that was, I think I, I veered off on the not saying a whole lot about it because it is kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. When we do know our greatest what? reward is Christ. Right, so and none of the well, other mm-hmm. rewards even compare to that. So really, mm-hmm. I think that's what brings us back to the foundation idea is that the gr- that is mm-hmm. the foundation of what the greatest reward is, is Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it just, we can't understand how we could possibly go to heaven and have regrets. Like that just doesn't make sense in our brain. It's, but the New right. Testament teaches something like that, <laughs> like right here, you know, like... So I just think we have to be willing to press into the tension. It's one of those tensions, kind of like sovereignty and responsibility. It's like, no, there's there's something here. Like Jesus is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes, and somehow we won't really be sad in heaven. But this seems to communicate some kind of like regret in the process of judgment that that is then yes. transformed into everything is awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm in heaven, verse fifteen, you know, right? Just, if anyone's work is burned yeah. up, he will suffer loss, though exactly. he himself will be saved. Mm-hmm. But only I'm not trying to go through that. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. I want to press forward. I want I to want press that. forward towards the goal of Christ. I want to receive, yeah. be on the yeah. podium with a medal. I want that. So yeah. Yeah. that's my motivation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep. I'm trying to wrestle through a thing. I don't know really how to say this, but you know, Dave, you were you were mentioning he's hitting hard on church leadership, mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm very uh, I'm just constantly aware of in my own mind and the mind of of most americans probably this just Mm -hmm. concept of church still just doesn't where does this live is that something you know Mm -hmm. the question kind of is is that something that just church nerds care about or is that something Mm -hmm. i'm supposed to care about you know you always have the professors in college who are like they think this subject's the only subject in the world and they Uh, want me to you know and it's kind of like i think that can be so easy for people Mm -hmm. hearing us talking about church leadership 
especially to say, okay, here are the church leaders talking about the thing they love, their hobby. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess, the, you know, again, as we're talking this through, I, I, I was just thinking, well, there's even this, this sense that we're, we're, we're encouraged to, to share the gospel and so we, we can flip on this switch of, okay, I'm going to reach the lost. I'm going to go out there. But then that's like not really connected to church, you know. It's, and, and church is getting all mucked up because we've got, it's a business and it's a large meeting and it's the people and it's the, you know, what building. What, what is it? And, we, and so I guess I was trying to think scripturally, I, I think the pattern that I'm, I'm reminded of is there is this paradigm of reaching the lost and loving the brethren, <laughs> to use an old King James kind of brothers and sisters, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like that really helps me. So if church is the brothers and sisters of of Christ, even our gospeling is is sort of, and our leading of of non believers is in this context of of them coming into this family, and so our life. Our life really is the reason we're still left here on earth is this mm-hmm. this fellowship, this family of believers and bringing more and more people into that fellowship, right? Does that make sense? Like so we don't disconnect gospeling um, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. being for the lost from this all-encompassing of all of our lives that is we are God's children. We are mm-hmm. called to be, that's our biggest identity. So if that's what church is, then really mm-hmm. that does affect every type of leadership. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I know it's really fuzzy, mm-hmm. but I'm tr- maybe you guys can help me unpack. But I just feel like our, our definition of church in our hearts, maybe even, is different. It, it's like the thing we think of as church isn't an all-encompassing. We should always be thinking about this thing. But... But if we get that right, we, it can start to be like, oh, no, that's a glorious, that's the whole point of our life here right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul flips back and forth throughout First Corinthians about how we relate to outsiders and how we relate to insiders. And it's the same problem. You know, like pride and division uh, makes unbelievers not believe. Pride and division confuses and breaks <laughs> believers. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it's... So the problems are hurting believers and the hurting unbelievers, and so yeah, it's all it's all wrapped up together for Paul, for sure. The crucified, you know, the cross. The cross is the solution for believers and non-believers. So then, I guess when you say yeah, so when you say church leader, I would love for people to not think organizational leader necessarily. That's not excluding that, but think leader Mm -hmm. of my fellow family believer brothers and sisters helping them and pulling other people from darkness into light that's the Mm -hmm. leadership we're all called to right yeah 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 every christian is to to say it all over again you know retiring in the beginning how i was struggling with how i did this i think i would still have the exact same outline same sermon I would just build the case that he's talking to members. He's talking to members. He's talking to members. He's talking to members. Mm. It's not, you know, he's talking about leadership to members because all members are leaders. We're all priests, Mm. you know, in the household of God. So I think just emphasizing that seamless connection is really important for Paul. You're all priests, so act like it almost, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I like that, Chris. Mm. That was really good, brother. Mm. Uh, I'm wondering... 
I, I have a note in my notes that I wrote down that you said at this point, is our corporate mm-hmm. gathering based on our desperate need for identity? I'm not sure exactly where that fits in this point or if I just wrote it on the wrong page, but hmm. that felt like it hit hard for our current time right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're feeling this, Ooh, this yes. strong need to be together, to gather corporately, and what are we basing that on? And so, if this didn't mm. fit in this section the right way, then this is yeah. my transition to wherever it should fit in. <laughs> but yeah, what do so think? I was thinking. I'll tell you what I was thinking. I don't remember where it landed, <laughs> <laughs> but the point two and point three flow together in kind of the gospel-centered concept of: Do we gather because of our identity, or do we gather for an identity? And you know, so the gospel-centered or cross-centered, to use uh, the, the focus of First Corinthians 1 through 4, it's the cross gives us our identity. That's why we gather. That's why we, that's what makes us this temple of the living God, the, the presence revealed. Um, so that was kind of what was floating around in my head. And that can be flipped where we're like desperate and we're identity-less, you know, and so we're yeah. building churches without an identity. We don't have an identity ourselves because our identity is not in Christ. We're, we're babies or we're fleshly or we're worldly and we're building an identity on worldly things and that wrecks the church, I think is what Paul is arguing here. Mm. Okay. So... So if we're all connected, I guess that's, I'm trying to see, so as someone sitting at home, worshiping from home, there's just this desperate need to, to hold on to the fact that I am still a part of a greater whole, even when we can't sit in the same room together, right? That the danger, I guess, that we've, we've always warned against with, with sort of just only attending online, you know, so before the pandemic, we were wrestling through this, like... Don't just do digital only, right? And I think I think that's because you haven't you don't belong to them. You don't <laughs> there's no skin in the game, right? There's no like you can speak into my life, I can speak into your life. You know me. There's a disconnect. But but now we're in this crazy thing where we can't get in the same room, but there's still this this necessity of knowing and, and reaching out, right? Reaching out in other ways and being known in other ways, phone calls and texts and whatever you can do. And to remember we are connected as a body, um, if that makes sense. So there's that, that mindset we must hold on to that, yes, we're, we, you know, we can watch a video, a live stream, and be reminded of timeless truth and worship together. And all along, we have to keep in mind we are part of each other. We're part of the same body. Um, mm-hmm. We are we are bricks of the same house, right? Mm. Is there any other like, you know, what what do people need to hold on to in that time? Is there any other encouragement as far as how we should approach our online services? Mm. Mm. <laughs> anything more than what you just said i don't know yeah, yeah, no, that's, okay. that's yeah. okay i just i feel like i feel like i keep wanting to help people unpack again that before the pandemic we were like online church is not enough you know and so mm-hmm. now when we're forced into online church 
how what you know what's is it just a remember 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 you and and be ready and stay in relationship right i guess is is what i'm saying i just don't know yeah, if there's I mean, anything i think, else. I think yeah. we're saying the same thing yeah we still yeah. say the exact same thing online church is not enough you got to connect with people you're you belong to people jesus mm. loves you you love other people jesus serves you you serve other people you know so all that is still true you just have to find new ways to do it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i was yeah, supposed yeah. to say that i just have to find a different way to do it uh, let me say it another way sunday morning is not enough mm. we've never believed Absolutely. sunday morning is enough so i, I think mm. there's a confusion maybe when we're saying online church is not enough does that imply physically going to church is enough mm. no that was never enough either you know like it's it's never been enough we yeah. we are the body and we we do <laughs> we do that life we do being the body you know we serve one another in love because we're loved and so gathering to worship is one one part of that so that's, you know, so we've always said the discipleship path is gathering in worship, serving on a team, and joining a group. Like, those are the three aspects that we've promoted. If you read the New Testament, you know, it's like a laundry list of, of one another's, you know, so there's mm-hmm. this, whole, this whole long list of things. We're trying to just gather those into buckets by, by pushing those three things, but... By saying those three things, we're saying not not any one of those is enough. Mm. Mm. And so maybe that's it. Maybe some mm-hmm. of this. I mean, we all want to get back together, so this is going to sound mm-hmm. dumb. But maybe some of that mm-hmm. feeling that I'm having about and why I have this question based off of what you said mm-hmm. is that we tend to feel like Sunday is enough. We tend to feel like if mm-hmm. we don't have Sunday we're incomplete mm. or if we don't have Sunday, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, yeah. but I, yeah, I feel it I, too. I, I long to be back together, but, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I feel like, I think, I, um, I think like uh, to pick it back on uh, what Joe is saying, I've just noticed that on Sundays, again, I want to, I want to be with everyone like immediately uh, from my mm-hmm. vantage point. But I do think sometimes that we, we go to on Sunday. There's more about us being fed and more about us being filled. And mm-hmm. so now I have been filled for the week, or you know, some ter- whatever right. terminology you want to use, without actually you doing the pouring. So you you, you know you, your motivation to go to church may not be to pour into someone. As it could be, I just need it. I need it for me. So I think it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably we don't a lot of times we probably want to admit it, but I think sometimes there is this idea of like I need to go to church for me to get me through the week. I need to hear a word from the Lord, from the pastor to get me through. And it's not like this idea of like I'm I'm going to serve. I am like uh, I need to go because I'm actually serving someone. My presence there is there is for someone else's encouragement. Like I have a I have a mission when I go to church. And I think a lot of times because when we're when we're members, you know, like Christ said, we're the members of one body. A lot of times, especially in, in large churches, is that when you become a, say you want to be a member of a church, sometimes you're not even given like a task. Like you don't, you're not doing anything. You just like mm-hmm. come. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, if, but if you have a, if you're using your gift, if you're exercising your gift, you feel this sense of like responsibility to go because you're there for someone else. Um, so I think sometimes mm-hmm. we can, miss out on that if we're not leveraging our gifts and being active um and like you say it's about gathering and serving and joining a team that serving is the big deal like are you serving because that that promotes this requirement this responsibility for you or 
serving someone else. And I think that propels you to go. But if you're just going to be filled, then this, mm-hmm. this gap right here is going to be like torture <laughs> because you're not, you're not being filled. But if you've already been serving, mm-hmm. I'm sure people are continuing to serve. They're just doing it in other ways. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I just it made me want to say, oh. you were saying that, Elliot. Sorry. Are you, a, are you a cul-de-sac or are you an intersection, right? Is it like mm-hmm. I'm being given this truth and this goodness to just, it ends with me, I'm done. Okay, cool, I feel better now. Or am I supposed right. to carry, carry this somewhere else, right? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead, Joey. No, I, I mean, I was just thinking that by way of application then again is whatever side you land on in that feeling of what Sundays and why we should be back on Sundays, etc., what does that look like for you then in the future when we come back together? What needs to change for you on Sunday mornings when mm-hmm. we're back together? Obviously, what needs to change for you now, we're already talking about that, but you can be thinking about, man, when we are able to gather back together corporately once or more a week, like what does that mean Sunday should look different for me? How should they look different for mm-hmm. me? But, mm. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Good That's question good. to ask. It is. All right. Point three. Your point three is how do leaders go wrong? I would say how do we go wrong? Let's change it from leaders to us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And this section, Mm -hmm. I guess, mainly you focused on, um, again, the cross and Christ and our sin um, and God's holiness versus our holiness mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. W oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 this and this this is r- really unfolding like I said two and three go together it's unfolding more of that like the purpose what the body of Christ is the body of Christ is the temple we are the mm-hmm. temple of God we are we are the place where people see God and understand who they are. Um, so, yeah. which affects which affects our role. So, just going back to what y'all just said about: Do people come just to see God at the temple, or are they the temple? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, the church. Mm-hmm. So, to to press it again, members have no choice but to be the temple or not really be the church. You know, That's, if yes. a member, if a member is not really the temple, they're not really the church. They're not really, they don't really belong to Christ. You know that. So that's mm-hmm. really pressing that, that role that we have where we all have responsibility. We're all setting the table. We're all cooks in the kitchen, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's huge, man. The, yeah. the temple is the place people go to see God. Like, mm-hmm. am I, are, are we the place people go to see God? That's a, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really just put it that succinctly mm-hmm. i know you're saying again it's, it's us as a group but mm-hmm. but my personal responsibility is am i a place god can come to see or people can come to see god like whew. Mm-hmm. all right then, if you're part of the building our, some of you should be majestic yeah. right it's like yeah, <laughs> yes yes you should you be should able to see glowing. a corner of the building <laughs> and go it just i'm sorry italy and the duoma like sitting outside <laughs> at a restaurant you can look at a corner Absolutely. a piece of it and know Man, that is a beautiful mm. building, a beautiful place. Mm. I want to see the rest of this building, you know. Mm. Mm. I need some help for that. 
That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Should be going. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Mm. Well, and so the irony is when we're obsessed with our own beauty, we become ugly, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that's the whole problem in Corinth. They're like, look at me, look at me. I'm gorgeous. I'm <laughs> awesome. And Paul's like, no, that's not how it works. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not how you become beautiful. You actually become the beautiful corner piece by living the life of Christ. That, that's what made Christ beautiful. That's what makes his church beautiful. Right. Oh, yeah, man, so true. We always say that, our, um, an autistic, I always say that our lives our lives represent theology. We, we, the mm. way we live teaches people about God. Our marriage teaches mm. people about God. Um, and mm-hmm. you, I totally agree. It's just the way that you live. Do you live that cruciform life? Um, cause that's mm. how people learn. That's how they see. They, when they, unbelievers see your life, they, and you say you're a Christian, that's how to determine mm-hmm. what God, that's how to determine what God look, who, who, who does he look mm. like? What is mm-hmm. he, what is he about? And when you represent that wrong, mm. <laughs> it could be detrimental. So, um, yeah, I think that's a huge, huge deal. It's, it's a big responsibility that we should want to embrace, though. Good pressure. Good pressure. <laughs> I, and, and we've said it before, but I, it's always worth saying, I feel like, is I, I almost not might not, well, I might offer a translation, not just pride, but self-centeredness, self-focus, mm-hmm. oh, because yes. we have to go the other direction, too, and say the people who crum- in, crumble in upon themselves and just think about their shame and their inability to do anything good, that also, mm-hmm. right, that's a, that's a wrong focus, and that also destroys this this beauty of the temple if if I just keep thinking and talking about how terrible I am mm-hmm. and God can never do anything in me, you know. Does that make sense? Like I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I'm trying to hit both sides of it. It's not just the people who are puffed up with self; it's the people who are a black hole of self <laughs> that that <laughs> need true. to be careful, right? Yeah, that's true. yeah. That's next week's sermon. Baby. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. is it? Oh, wow. Come back next time. Welcome to, hear- to Sunday oh, okay, precap. That's good, brother. Next week's sermon is the section that that um, Tim Keller used in the little book. We did a little two week study of it couple years ago called the freedom of self-forgetfulness yes so yeah he hits on that yeah on both sides either there's the puffed up pride or like chris was saying like the black hole of i'm terrible i'm terrible it's a it's another kind of pride yeah Mm, that's good all right other thoughts ideas Mm. my neck hurts so bad (laughs) poor dave Was it something else? Man, I, this is maybe unhinged from much, but it, it's come up in my head a lot, is that I feel like one key thing about leaders that I watch and notice over and over again is leaders have the humility to try and to be willing to to to, to, to yes. risk right like like this even is, you yeah. were saying dave like it, this is a perfect example of your like oh, i didn't word it perfectly but you know what you got up and preached the sermon and I, <laughs> like yeah. and god can use that and so I, mm-hmm. I just want people to be encouraged over and over again you know the thing you can't avoid as a leader is is doing something like mm-hmm. and it's not going to be perfect and that's yeah. where that's the beauty of god you know working all things for good is like here I go, you know. I, I feel that every single Sunday. This isn't the perfect perfect version of this song, but I'm singing it, and, and hopefully it yep. helps somebody, you know. So yeah. that's that's so true. 
Here's a. So I wonder did, what did Paul ever think that he like failed on a mission? <laughs> you know, because a lot of times as Christians, what you're saying is like, "Hey, you got to risk it," and it may it may seem like you have failed, but a lot of times God is using. He could use wins or whatever if your perception of failure for his, you know, mm-hmm. for your good and for his glory. So, um, but I wondered, did, did Paul ever think, man, I, I missed that, man. I failed at that mission trip on that mission trip or something <laughs> or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's, that a lot of times that's our fear. We have this fear of failure. Um, and I think a lot of it comes from just not depending on God, just saying that God is the one, like Paul is saying, God is the one that gets the glory for the growth. So I don't have to worry about that. All I got to do is just try. <laughs> I just got to be. Yeah. I don't have to risk it enough and give it over to God. But I think when we go into it with this, um, I'm going to do it on my own talent and my skill and merit. And then if you fail, then it's this sense of like, man, I, I, you know, I let someone down. But so I think, man, you, you're exactly right. We just have to just do it. Just try. You know, whatever mm-hmm. God is putting on your heart, try. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole beginning of like, it's God that does the growing. And I, I yes. was like, well, that, yeah. there's this thing because we love to be really efficient as Americans. And we're like, I did this thing and the outcome was this. And I it measured it and it was perfect. And so I'll keep doing this thing in this way. So mm-hmm. I'll get that outcome. And it's like, this can feel crazy making because at some level, mm-hmm. yes, you, 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 you know, you can be aware of what God's doing. But at the same time, you're not, you can't just say, um, unless I get immediate, huge, measurable results, I'm failing and I didn't do the right thing. You know, there's just this crazy, like, yeah. I will be faithful. God has told me what to do. I'm going to keep doing it, you know? <laughs> like I think that- there's a, a beautiful subtext in First and Second Corinthians. When you read Acts, like read Acts and read the stories before, the stories mm. after, read what happened to Paul, how God personally encouraged him, like, hey, dude, don't give up. You know, I got more people for you here. Um, That's true. That's true. I I think the Corinthians were more obsessed with flash and leadership giftedness. And God purposefully said, okay, I'm going to give you the weakest, most broken version of Paul, you know, more than any other city. They're going to, you know, they're going to get fear and trembling, Paul. Hmm. And uh, so there's a sense in which that like applies universally. And Paul always, you know, had fear and trembling and and relied on the cross and not his gifts. But I think God uniquely gave Paul a, you're going to feel really weak and stupid in this place (laughs) so that you can depend on me even more. And they're going to need that, you know, like they're going to need that version of you more than the powerful, strong, healthy Paul. So. Mm. That's, that's true I was just I used to um, have this thing I used to draw to remind, to encourage, to, for encouragement in ministry where I would draw a line and I would always say like faithfulness 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 fruit faithfulness 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 fruit <laughs> like you're going to have more faithfulness mm. than you are going to have fruit mm. so mm. you just have to just mm. keep going um, and mm. just you know because you just you never know when that fruit will manifest but just keep being mm-hmm. faithful so that's something mm-hmm. that um that I would, you know, I would draw and kind of look at when I would get discouraged about different results, you know, a result-oriented culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a remind, remind me, like, you have to be faithful to the mission that God gives you. And the results are for God and God alone. The results will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Just be faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, mm-hmm. would, that would, that's what helps me a lot. It's good. Our song next week for our kids' song is going to be the Store Up Your Treasures in Heaven song. 
Still thank you, thank you. Yourself. Rewards. Treasures and rewards. Heaven. Yes. Yeah. Christ is our greatest reward. But I am not going to deny that the Bible teaches <laughs> we will get rewards. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, gentlemen. Yeah. Anything the joy else? set before. Yes. Anything one one more strive. piece that came out in the commentaries that I wish I'd mentioned. Uh, the builder, builders and buildings took years and decades in the first century well, not generations uh, even uh six months right generations six months. so <laughs> six months you know so like we we throw up a house in a few months we throw up a major building in six months uh they did not you know so think of it more like i-35 farmer. being developed right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the the 47 year project i've been watching your children and your children <laughs> and their children yeah. and their children so <laughs> that's that helps i think that's good because farm you know farming is definitely a i gotta rely on god i plant i plant i water i water i weed i right. weed but god makes it grow well with building it's this long patient process also in the first century context. so yeah both both that's analogies good. fit that kind of patience thing man 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 let me say one thing there too i just mm-hmm. i ran across and it was struck by it was like Man, I want to. I think other some other cult, church cultures can be so so good at this um, mm-hmm. of like pointing out in other believers what you see them doing. I just think mm. of these people that raise up other generations and like they they may be. I've seen these church leaders that like they didn't get the the limelight, but they were the ones who like poked another person and said, yes. "You're good at that. Yes, yes, you yes. need to go do that. You're good at that, mm. man. When you do that, something happens. Go." You know, and like, I just, I want to encourage our body to do that. I, you know, again, different tribes may do it better or worse, but we mm-hmm. need that. We need people pray, prayerfully following yeah. the Holy Spirit's lead to poke other people and raise them up as leaders too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For real. And it's for your kids. Oh, oh, he got, he got excited. He's running you for got a book. book on the subject, Elliot? He doesn't have oh, headphones on. You got mm-hmm. a book, Elliot? Yes, yes. This book right here. One of you said, mentor, mentor like Jesus. This is uh, exactly what Chris is talking about. Um, this guy says this, the subtitle is his, his radical approach to building the church. This guy here was not an elder, a pastor or anything, but he would take mm. men. He would choose them and he would mentor them for like a year. And he would just mm. every month they would he would go through these mentorship things. And at the end, he's been doing it for years. I mean, like years. And he said, uh, the fruit of that has become, has become elders, pastors, senators, all types of things. And he is not renowned. And he's just, I won't say just the guy, but he's just, he just, he's just there. He's a leader. Um, but he does, he does, he's not in the limelight. He's just mentors people. Um, so it's just a, it's real, a really good book, um, that I, I definitely recommend. And he, he, he learned that because he said that he was mentoring guys individually. And he said, man, that's just not, mm. that's just not working because it was taking too much of his time. So he brought men together mm. and he began to mentor them. And, he, and he's just a, a, a part of the body, you know? Say, say the whole title and author. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, the author is Reggie Campbell. And the title is uh, Mentor Like Jesus, His Radical Approach mm. to Building the Church. And the forward is by Andy Stanley. So, yeah. Really good. Mm-hmm. I read another book like that called Designed to Lead. And it was about how the church needs to develop church leaders, but also needs to just develop leaders, period, you know, in all mm-hmm. areas of life. Um, yeah. 
I think it's really important. Absolutely. Cultural mandate. All areas of life. All right. Mm-hmm. We're done. I think. Yeah. That's it? Boom. Damn. That's it. Time flies when you're talking <laughs> with Elliot and Dave. I'll tell you what. It's oh, fun. Man. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks, Elliot, for coming again this week. I think we'll nice. just have a standing engagement as long as Richie Ray's asleep. Elliot's going to join us. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to have unless, you. Unless her nanny. We, yeah. Well, thanks to everyone who joined us <laughs> online live and who will listen to this podcast later. Uh, we look forward to seeing everybody on our live stream this Sunday morning and seeing all you in person on our lawn on Sunday evening this week. So we'll be mm. out in the grass, in the parking lot. You can sit in your car if you want. You can bring a blanket. We'll be spread out by families doing good social distancing. Um, do us a favor and stay away from other people but be together with us we love you guys we miss you guys we look forward to being back Mm -hmm. with you guys and we will talk to you later